Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. 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 I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Well, have you ever met one of those people who have done so much, it seems like they've lived several lifetimes? <laughs> well, we're going to talk with one of those people today. He's a man that uh, has won 10 World Boxing Championships. He's a rowing champion. He's a cyclist. He's a swimmer. He's, a, of course, a runner. <laughs> yeah, uh, run. He's an incredible athlete, and he is also 80 years old. And yes, he is a Christian working every day to try to share the gospel with a lost and dying world. Welcome to Run for God, John Disterdick. <laughs> thank you, Dean. I appreciate it. We're so glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you. We had uh, we had lunch here not too long ago, and um, the the more you talk, the more I just I couldn't stop listening. It's like you, you, your <laughs> your story is just so interesting. So I'm I'm glad we're going to share it with so many others now. Yes, thank you. So uh, so you you started exercising from when you were really young, right? I mean, this was something you've always done, pretty much. Well, actually, I came from a family in California. I was born and raised in North Hollywood, went to North Hollywood High, and my family was not sports oriented. My dad never took me to anything in sports wise, and so I really didn't get started until I left California and went to Purdue. Okay, and uh, and uh, never had been in a swim, never seen a swim meet, and I became a swimmer for Purdue, uh, and 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 I, I look back, and of course, in those days, I was totally worldly, had no concept of anything spiritual, and I see how the Lord had His hand on everything that I did. Of course, I didn't know that at the time, but He just walked me through a process, and. Uh, I actually initially went to Purdue and was going to try out for the a walk on football. I, you know, I always liked running and 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 being an in. So, but I tell you, the gorillas, the size of those guys that were out there, you know, I said, you know, I'm not going to last. I was six three, 165 pounds. I oh think. my so, goodness! <laughs> so and it was I was kind of you know frustrated and maybe depressed a little bit. Walking back through the gym and smelt the chlorine and i was coming through uh, uh and saw the pool in the in the in the gym there at purdue and uh i went over and asked the coach about how do you what do you do to be involved in a in the swim team yeah so that's how and that that's all how happened you got started. yeah that's how i got started that, what a, i mean it's it's just you got you got one story after another like that <laughs> but before we go any further let me talk about this week's podcast our, our sponsor for this week our sponsor okay. this week is smile doctors orthodontics it's the best choice for braces. It's a fun and playful environment. It takes all the stress out of braces. The workers are very caring, and they work towards each patient's specific needs until they are complete. Your first consultation is free, and they'll examine exactly what needs to be done for you personally. If you're interested in getting braces, find your local smile doctors now and get your free consultation. Those folks have been uh, there. We've got a local place here and they do a great job and they're particularly good with kids. Of course, if you're going to do braces, yeah. you need to be good with kids. Yeah, that's and, true. And they are. So they make it fun. 
So, and we normally we cover a trivia question that we asked the week before. We're not going to do that today. Okay. We're going to work. This is going to be the John Distradick hour, <laughs> and we're going to um, we're going to pass that trivia question answer off till next week. So okay. So all right. So John, you're living in Chattanooga now, right? Well, uh, probably forty percent in Chattanooga, and probably sixty percent in Windermere, Florida. Okay. So you're back and forth, back and forth, and. Um, and I love Chattanooga. I just love the the city and all that it offers. So many things here. You know, they got the rowing club right on the river there. They got great cycling places and running places, and you know, it's just a great venue for people that like the outdoors. I mean, Chattanooga mm-hmm. is wonderful. Um, but I, it, it, it's <laughs> a little bit of a strange story. I was here about seven years as a single adult. And I put a, uh, on Memorial Day four years ago, I put a picture of my best friend in the military in the 82nd, a fellow named Mike Birdie, just a super guy. He was, he had never been to California and he and I were good friends and he was going to come out and see California, uh, uh, you know, my, stay with me. And so uh, the last letter I wrote him, because our cell phones weren't in, in existence, you yeah. know, how we would hook up at the LA airport and stuff. Yeah. And the, uh, and the letter came back with a big stamp on it verified deceased oh my goodness and it was a shame he's just a you know never had a chance to really get into life and uh, so i put his picture up on uh my facebook which i hardly ever do anything on facebook i probably haven't been on it in six or seven months as of right today yeah <clears throat> anyway i put mike and i said you know this is what this day is about please remember these people that gave everything for our country and i got a response and i don't even check responses but i for what i think the lord was just leading me both to put it on and to look at the responses from a a lady i had met in california i was in tennessee at the time of course and she was in a bible study at grace community church that i was in and uh, and she had uh remembered me from the grace community she had been married at the time a couple of little girls and we were just friends we in fact we had a bible study in my home in california for a few times so that was how i got to florida because <laughs> so, she was yeah. she was i uh, worked at disney world for 25 years and okay. retired and uh so after we talked i said i'm coming out to see you and, and the rest is history wow <laughs> excuse wow. me yeah so yeah it's the lord just it's just amazing how he orchestrates events in our life just absolutely and and i've gone through many periods where i say lord this doesn't make sense i mean why is this particular circumstance that i have to deal with what good is it doing anybody yet you, you, know, fi- you figure it out yet you, you learn to trust it. yeah and sometimes you won't figure it out sometimes yeah. maybe it'll be in the next life we'll figure it out oh, yeah. but you For know sure. but he's in he's sovereign and he's in control amen well first let me let me thank you for your service um certainly that's uh um you know where would we be without guys without guys <laughs> like you and uh, and so we so appreciate you and, and your service well, and all you. of those guys and I'm sure there's I know there's I'm, been... I, I'm sure there's a number of guys that you that you served with who yeah. are gone and passed on now that's true and, uh, very it is true yeah um, so now <laughs> I, I like to say you kind of you kind of grew up in a foreign country 
uh, California. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so, so tell us, you were born, were you born in California? Born in California, okay. Los Angeles. And, so, and you grew up there. You mentioned you went to high school. Yeah, North Hollywood High. North Hollywood High School. So you didn't do sports in, in high school at no, all? No, very little. I, I did a little bit in junior high. And in high school, I was kind of working, you know, just to yeah. make some money and have gas money and that kind of stuff. So I... I I did very little, you know, yeah. because because of time wise, you know, and that was yeah. never motivated. No one ever told me, you know, how important and and beneficial, you know, being involved with other people in a sports activity could be. Yeah, I just didn't 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 register. Yeah, yeah. Until later, of course. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a lot like our our faith too, right? We don't know about Jesus till somebody shares. Yeah, I, that's so, so true. So, so true. Yeah. So. You went from there, and then you did you you graduated from high school, and then went to Purdue. Yes. So uh, what what made you go to Purdue? My dad was an alumni. Okay. My aunt worked in the admissions department, okay. and I got in on pro, uh, probation because I did not have the high school grades, <laughs> and uh, so they got me in on a probationary basis, uh-huh. and, uh, and it and it changed everything because I, you know, I had never really. <laughs> one other funny story uh in high school i forgot what locker i had because i'd put my uh, my books in a locker and never even take them out you know oh my I mean? goodness and then i forgot which locker was mine you know so i just never studied i never <clears throat> you know the whole thing of having a book and reading it and then being tested on it was always um i don't know it was uh negative to me i i didn't want to do that you know, yeah. I didn't realize till later how important it was to take advantage of the benefits of other people and then, you know, talking to people about the things that are available to learn. I wow. just, it just wasn't part of my makeup. So yeah. it totally changed when I went to Purdue. I started actually studying and reading. I can so identify <clears throat> with you. I've got a very similar story Did myself. You? Yes, I was, I never studied in high school, didn't know how to study. Yeah. And I got to college. And, and never taught. Like, <laughs> right. And, and when I got to college, it was like, I needed to study. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how. Right. It, and it, I had to learn how. And after almost flunking out yeah. in, in college myself, I finally just, I had a friend of mine. Um, who, who who had made some good grades, and I thought, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, I just I started sitting up front in class, and I started yeah. paying more attention and right. going to class, and taking some notes, taking some. <laughs> yeah. And, and wouldn't you know it? I made the dean's list five out of the last six quarters. I, I was in college. Love it. Well, yeah. I made the dean's list my first year, which was unusual, you know. But I just really hunkered down and started realizing it was important. You know, we talk, didn't. Yeah, <laughs> we talk all the time on this podcast about how imp- how our mind is so important. Oh, and we're totally. two examples right yeah. there academically, right? Right. Because both of us, it, we just made up our mind. Yeah. That okay, it, we're going to make good grades, and it, yeah. and you did. Because, yeah. Because you just made up your mind, and it's it's that way in a lot of things. It is. You know, it's yes. that way. Uh, I, I have a friend that's struggling with things, and uh, I just say, you know, you just got to make up your mind that this is a destructive pattern of, of drinking like you do, and there's no, you know, when you and just say, I've had enough. I'm just not going to do this anymore. I'm gonna, I'm not going to put myself and the people I love through the trauma of this destructive habit. You yeah. know, and it's it is sometimes it's just a 
and I was that way. I, I remember I was a drinker in, in high school and, and, and afterwards, and I think I, I wrecked my car a couple of times. I said, this is enough. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, you come to that conclusion. Now, of course, after I became a Christian, now I, I have the Holy Spirit that really enables me, gives me the wisdom and discernment about things and the ability yeah. you know to to overcome stuff that you know and that's all been a wonderful blessing yeah just such a blessing yeah that that's that's awesome so i'm not clear on the timeline here so now you went you went to college and then did you go did you move right back to california no i went straight into the military out of college okay yeah into, i drove right from purdue to the you know to be in the military I okay was, I was at, uh, and I ended up at Fort Bragg, you yeah. know, which was the, I actually initially signed up for the Air Force. I wanted to be a fighter pilot, you know, okay. jet fighter. I went to uh, the test. I think it was in, I forget exactly where I had to go to take the test. And I was colorblind and I had no idea yeah. I was colorblind. <laughs> like I can see your shirt's green and mine's yellow. I mean, I can see, but when it comes to shades yeah, and they put the numbers on that chart, I handed their chart back and said, well, give me one with numbers because <laughs> the numbers didn't stand out yeah. because of shades. But uh, huh. so I, uh, at the time, I couldn't get into, you know, pilot training, although I ended up getting my private's license later because they eased up on that stuff. So I thought, well, the next thing I'll do is jump out of a plane if I can't fly it. <laughs> so I went into the sure, airport. <laughs> that's that's funny so you you're a pilot now yeah i have my license i used to fly in california i have not flown since i left california okay. you know i used to put my bike in there at the van nuys airport and fly out to some of the little airports out in the desert and then take my bike out and do a ride you know really? and, then, and then fly back into van nuys it was pretty interesting <laughs> and, the, and i was a member of the beach aero club it's you know it was a little club there in van nuys airport well that's really cool yeah wow. it was neat I'd see it's just one layer after another with you. I'll tell you what. Uh, so you told us a story when we were having lunch that just tickled me uh, because if I recall the story, and I may get some of the details wrong if I do correct me, but you had two classes you wanted to take, and they were offered at the same time. Right. Now, yeah. I, I, I coach college girls, mm -hmm. so I see this dilemma. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's a binary choice there, yeah, right? Right. You take this class, you take that class. Right. That's not what you did. No. I, uh, when I went to Purdue at like 17 and walked around the fountain at, uh, there, I was totally by myself. It was a whole new lifestyle. I was away from everybody I knew and everything, a family and everything. And I, I got, I, and I'm looking back now, the Lord was walking me through this. I was asking myself, what is life? I mean, what, what am I doing? I'm here now in Lafayette, Indiana, West Lafayette. And what the heck is life about? What is it for? Why am I even going to college? And I, in my own mind, I determined life was four things. Life was athletics uh, because that gives you respect. And it was something that, you know, I always looked enjoyed but i just never was a participant mm -hmm. business i wanted to be in i wanted to be my own uh, boss i wanted to run my own ship and and my own destiny it was education because you had to know the rules so education became important which lies into your question and then lastly the fourth thing was entertainment 
I'm from Hollywood. You know, yeah. you got you, you, music and in the film business is where, of course, at my age, it was where's the money and where are the girls, you know, yeah. and that's what was uh, uppermost on my mind, you know. So in the educational thing, uh, which is kind of goes to your question, uh, I got through Purdue as an engineer and then I went back after the military and back to California. I got my MBA from Pepperdine and I was wanting to get a, I wanted to understand accounting because uh, that's kind of the language of business. I wanted to know accounting. I wanted to know business. So, and then I went to law school and, um, and another quick interlude there is I found the smartest person in the, in the class and I would pay them to tutor me because during class, a lot of times I was running, doing things that I had to do for my business, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was crazy time. But, your question was at UCLA had a course on accounting and they had a course on business and they were both the same hour. And I wanted to get the business certificate and the accounting certificate. And I, and they were, uh, and I didn't want to wait the length of time it would take to do them, you know, in sequence. <clears throat> so I took them both. At the and same then I'd, time. yeah, then I'd leave at the intermission and go with the other one. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was a crazy time in life, yeah. you know, but that's, yeah. that's what I was doing. Well, that's uh, we say all the time, you know, that, that sometimes you got to look outside the box and, and do something a little differently. And, and a lot of times you get success from that. And, yeah. And this was a was, really kind of a good example of it. It was it was interesting. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we'll talk more about this Hollywood thing. So, yeah, don't go away. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. All right, we're back. Now, you were talking about being in your, your Hollywood guy, right? And so you wanted uh, you wanted a little bit of the fame and, and all, all right. that. That oh, could, I wanted to win an had, Oscar. I want. You, I, I was. <laughs> I was after the. I wanted to be in the big films, big screen, all that stuff. You were so close, you could smell it, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. And so, so tell us about that part of your life. Well, uh, in that part of your life, you have to have an agent. So I obtained an agent and they do a bunch of photos and then you go out on these calls and you, uh, you have both a theater. Sometimes it's a theatrical agent and a commercial agent, you know, cause they're different genres. So I had a really good commercial agent, Cunningham and, uh, Sutton, Barth and Venari. I don't even think they exist any longer, but I would, uh, you know, go out to do commercials and uh i was very successful in that arena i got 46 commercials i think oh wow about a third of them were nationals so you know and of course a lot of people like to do commercials because they they really make a lot of money uh you know you just sit home and just collect checks because every time it plays and if it's on a national basis you know you get residuals and so it's a it's a it's a big money maker uh, and then I, I had a theatrical agent for uh, uh, quite a while, and I did a series, a Hunter series, for a while. I had, to, I had a spot on the Hunter series, and then uh, 
<laughs> then some big big screen films, you know, the the Champion and Gridiron Gang, and I forget a couple of, you know, just several. But I never did uh, do what I had my heart set on, which is probably better because <laughs> the Lord, you know, the Lord hadn't gotten a hold of me to the point he has today. Yeah. So who knows what would have happened, you know, right. had I had the success I was driving for. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I, I met a lot of people. In fact, that's where I met a stunt man on one of my, in fact, a Remington Shaver commercial, a stunt man named Sonny Shields. Very interesting guy. Well, Sonny, um, had a son named Randy Shields, and Randy Shields was a welterweight box. Well, he he boxed in several divisions. He's in the Hall of Fame. And uh, Sonny invited me over to their house to, uh, and, I, and in the army in the eighty second, I had my sergeant was a boxer, and I okay. just you know had heard some of the potential problems you might have. I, I wanted as much ability as I could as obtain in case yeah. whatever happened. So I started in the Army, and then when I got out of the Army and went back and was doing television work, I met uh, Sonny Shields and then his son, Randy Shields, who's a great, great guy, great champion. And so I trained Randy for like six years in boxing until he started hitting so hard. I just said, you know, this is enough for me. Uh, and he went on as a pro, as, as many people know. But it was that beginning that 20 about 25 years later i was trying to become the master athlete uh there was a master athlete magazine and i think at one time it was called geezer jock uh, <laughs> and it was uh i wanted to try and get that title because i was working on trying to put together a tv show on uh on this whole concept okay so and i never it wasn't like any one sport i was just you know really uh predominant it was because i did a lot of stuff yeah yeah so i just and i saw the cover of the master athlete magazine had a had a master boxer on it and so i found out that they had the world master boxing events in kansas city and there's like 12 countries that would show up it's the biggest event in the world for for amateur master boxers yeah so i that's how i got involved in that and i was just hoping to you know placed in the top three or something you know and i ended up going there 10 years you know and uh and had a great run the lord won one every year one each year every year so undefeated is that what i understand yeah i was undefeated oh my uh, goodness so in fact this sunday we, we've been they've been trying to put together the hall of fame i'm i've been in the hall of fame for some time but they're actually doing the ceremony here in chattanooga this sunday it was going to be in boston then it was going to be in texas then it was going to be in las vegas and all the COVID and everything crazy uh -huh. stuff happened so it's going to be it's happening now <laughs> so well for, for the boxing hall yeah for the boxing okay. hall of fame. oh that's pretty cool yeah it'll that be is, it'll be that, fun wow that's uh yeah I watched a couple of, I, I, I think you've got a boxing match online. and I watched Yeah, it. there are several of them and out I don't, there. I don't know how, what age you were at that those videos, but you're pretty quick. <laughs> yes. Especially for an older guy. Yeah. Oh, goodness. And, and luckily they, uh, well, they, they changed it all for master boxing because people would come from other countries and they didn't want to have a weight class to where, you know, you had to be 178 to be a light heavy or something. And if you're 177, you know, so they made it 
whatever you come in and register at, you can fight someone 10 pounds up or 10 pounds down. And you can fight someone age-wise 10 years up or 10 years down so that they could match. They they let go of the welterweight and light heavy and heavy and all that stuff. Uh, And I think they still do that today. But it allowed matches to be made with almost everyone that showed up. Yeah. So that's... uh, that's how that you know that went on the first year they didn't do that but every other year they did yeah i just can't you know of course i'm a runner and i've been a runner my whole life that's you know i mean i've played other sports and i love other sports but i'm a, I'm a runner i can't imagine getting into a ring with a guy that wants to hit me i just <laughs> i just it's foreign to me <laughs> but i get it yeah uh, and you had some great success in it that's pretty that's pretty cool um okay so this this idea of being this well-rounded athlete you you mentioned you just how you mentioned the swimming in in college right right so you just saw somebody swimming and you just thought that looks like something i could do yeah and it's a funny thing that you know looking back no question the lord just orchestrated these things when i took a train into chicago and then a little puddle jumper into lafayette indiana the guy I sat next to became my best friend in college, Bob Inpine, and he was there on a scholarship for swimming. And I was just talked to Bob last week, and he lives out in Sacramento, just a super guy. Yeah. So when I – it was Coach Papenguth at the time. He was the coach at Purdue. Uh, he asked – and when I told him I was from uh, California, he kind of lit up and thought, oh, my gosh, you know, Cal- California's got good swimmers, you know. So he had me – swim a couple of lengths of the pool which i could barely make and he basically said you know uh appreciate your interest but we're pretty full yeah yeah (laughs) and uh bob who i'd met was also a lifeguard as part of his scholarship thing so bob said hey look come over i'll work with you and we'll you know we'll see what happens and so Bob did, and I, we swam every meet all four years, and he and I were co-captains of the team in our senior year. Wow. So it was a, a great story, you know. Uh, Obviously, you had some fairly natural ability. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the Lord had, had given me certain, you know, just uh, abilities. I was, you know, like I say, 6'3". That uh, helps a know, lot in swimming. I, yeah, it helps that, that in, uh, you know, I had decent strength, so it was just learning the technique because yeah. swimming is so much technique, yeah, so much technique. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm bad at it. <laughs> yeah, it it it's a killer when you don't have not done it, you know, and you lift your head too high and your butt sinks and you're just fighting your it, m- most people fight their way through the water and spend 10 times the energy someone that knows how to swim just cruises through. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. That's me. I call it controlled drowning. Yeah, right. Really. <laughs> uh so okay, so you, so you you did the swimming in college and you eventually got into triathlon yeah I went, in the military i was a skydiver i was on the 82nd skydiving team so i i was doing that and then i went to the third army track because i loved to run too yeah so i ran in the third army track and i actually did the high jump and i was i have an article where i actually won the high jump at six foot one and uh, now when I go to the senior Olympics, I try and do four feet, <laughs> you know, so well, you just got to get, <laughs> yeah. you just got to adjust to what yeah. life brings. But 
when I got out of the military and came back to California, I've, I've always been a speed nut. I love fast cars, fast boats. Yeah. And I had an opportunity. Again, the Lord just opened the door. I bought this flat bottom, blown Hemi boat, which uh, the guy that had built it owned an auto store, and he passed away, and, and his widow was somehow related to us. I can't even remember how. But anyway, I bought this boat, which was a 100-mile-an-hour boat. You know, it's a – goodness. They're just crazy. And uh, we used to go to the Colorado River and Lake Mead and Lake Havasu, and we were up at, I think, Lake Havasu just racing around. We'd go there all the time you know, from California. And I saw this boat just flying by with this guy skiing behind it, way behind the boat. It's on a basically a 200-foot line instead of normally they're 75 to 100-feet lines. Yeah. It was 200 feet. And I followed him just to find out what the heck is this guy doing. And I met him. His name was Bud Moravis, just a super guy. He became He and I became partners in speed skiing. And he had a Campbell boat with two... Uh, L88 Chevy's freight trained back to back 1600 horsepower this boat was uh, I was clocked at 108 miles an hour skiing in Lake Havasu uh, behind that boat but uh, so for six years and we would race from Long Beach to Catalina Island and back you know which was quite a quite a trip <laughs> Wow! and uh did that for six years and then raced and then the nationals were usually at san diego well quite a few more san diego at mission bay yeah and uh just it was an interesting sport very scary because you it used to be you just you you come up to the starting line you sink down 200 feet back and the boat uh throws the flag and the 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 pedals to the metal on those boats and they're fast yeah. boats you know six seven eight hundred horsepower and you're just flying down that first straightaway trying to you know position into the turn and if you fall you know i fell once about 90 and you just bounce broke an eardrum and you know you you, you know I, I can't imagine it's like hitting concrete yeah it's you bounce quite a bit and if this and you have suicide bindings on your ski it's a special ski just for speed skiing and it's you have to have someone help you get it on you just get in it and then you strap across it and it's uh it's pretty interesting um in fact that's <laughs> I'll, you'll have to send you a picture of it. But, yeah, well, sure. I thought I had, uh, I had a picture of it in the front of the other magazine. But, yeah, yeah that's that's a picture of it. Okay, yeah. It's a special ski. and Yeah. But uh, so that was a, just being involved in that activity. I finally won the Nationals in 1976 in uh, San Diego. And then I got into the. Then I met a guy. I was out. Uh, I met a guy, uh, Jim Gayton. I was uh, who was uh, a triathlete, and he was a cycling champion. He and his wife were both champions, and so uh, I started talking to him, and that's how I got interested in the whole triathlon, <laughs> the swim, bike, run. You know, which was very young. It was time. totally I mean, young. It was pretty yeah. new. Yeah, it was pretty new sport, and in fact. We started the first governing body for the sport. I have the first card ever issued to a triathlete. You know, zero, yeah, it was United USA States, at, yeah, yeah, at Triathlon Association, and that that uh, conflicted with the United States Tennis Association, USTA. So, yeah, 
it was changed to TriFed, and now it's USA Triathlon. But yeah, so I got involved in that sport, and uh, of course Hawaii was always the big thing. So I trained and went to Hawaii to the Ironman. Wow, and that was uh, exciting. Yeah, it was quite yeah. an event. Went there yeah, twice. It's an incredible event. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for people out there listening, if you're a triathlete, you have a you have a USAT card, right? And if you have a card, that card has a member number right, on it. Right. And I've got one of those cards, okay. and I've got a member number, but yours, your card says number one. Well, it was. I don't. They now that they changed the names and everything, those cards, yeah. <laughs> those yeah. cards went away. But <laughs> but you <laughs> but were yeah. number one. And I and it's uh, they have a picture of it in the magazine. You know, one yeah. of the magazines. I still have it. And in fact, I sent the original to the. I saw a picture of it somewhere. I was looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I sent it into <laughs> archives or whatever it is. Yeah, that is uh, that's pretty pretty. That's a pretty special thing mm-hmm. for most people. They'd be like, "Yeah, I did this thing where I basically started the you know the triathlon world with the, the governing body that that governs just about all triathlons these days." And for you, it's a side note. It's, <laughs> it's just something you happen to do. Yeah, I had the I had the office in Burbank, California. I had attorneys on staff, so we just set up the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and we had computer even at that time, so we started setting up, you know, the, the original uh, listing of all the people and how to get in touch. And in fact, we we also. Um, because we were an investment company, we raised the money for the first magazine called Triathlete. Okay. No, called Triathlon. Now it's Triathlete. Uh, so Triathlon magazine. Um, you know, we started that oh, back wow. in the back in the day. Man, my goodness. So, at, at what point did you? How how old were you at this point? Where you're getting to this point where you're just you're, you're doing a little bit of everything, exercise wise. Yeah, it started, I guess, uh, gosh, I, I, I would be in my 40s when I when I just probably just felt like, I think I was uh, ADSD or whatever they call it, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I never was diagnosed with, but I was always liking to do diverse stuff. Yeah. I never could concentrate really heavily yeah. on one thing very easily. I'm familiar so, with that. <laughs> you know, so I think it goes with the territory. So... Uh, I always had different things. I'd do weights one day and bike another day and run the third day and swim. You know, yeah. I always liked the diverse training. Yeah. It, it just was something that I gravitated towards. And then when I began to hear about the Senior Olympics, which I really didn't even know existed, uh, that I started, you know, and since I was going anyway, I I would start doing track and field. You know, I, I did the cycling and I did the swimming. And if they had a triathlon, which not all of them do, but the nationals has the triathlon, but not the states. Yeah. I started doing the track and field stuff. You know, of course, I did the running and then I started doing the high jump and the broad jump and the triple jump and the discus and the shot put. You know, you just start doing them. Yeah. You're there anyway. We might as well do, do it. Well, uh- <laughs> I go to the USATF yeah. National Championships for Masters. Uh, I just which is a went. little bit different. I just went to the decathlon. Okay, you went to the decathlon one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to go to the one that I think you went to. Yeah. And uh, I had a conflict and couldn't get to it. I, that's what I signed up for. Yeah. And then I, I the only other event I saw was in uh, Missouri was the decathlon. So I decided I'd go okay. ahead and and do it. And yeah. uh, I'd never done a decathlon. I'd never done a pole vault in my life 
so I learned, you know, a lady there was real nice and kind of showed me a few things. And the first time I tried it, I put the pole in, went off to the side, the, the stand that holds it up. I hit, went into it, <laughs> banged it over, kind of scratched up my back and uh, had a little bump on my head. <laughs> so, you know, I had a rough start. But, uh, but you kept at it. Kept at it. And she showed me and I... Never, never did, did get very high, but I got, yeah. <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. And, and, and I've I, seen those. I've seen those guys do the, you know, guys. I, I mean, I think the pole vault looks interesting to me. That mm-hmm. is an event that that does look interesting to me. But it's so complicated. Yeah. Now, of course, I could never, you know, grab the bar and get my legs up over my head. That kind yeah. of thing. I just go sideways and do the yeah. best. Yeah. I just, you know, yeah, because it's just too late in my life to try oh, and learn yeah. it. Yeah. But um, it is it is interesting. But uh, what I was going to say is, I've heard one time, and it's turned out to be true, that if you want to win in some of these uh master athlete events just outlive your opponent <laughs> and i the two guys were in my group both of them were injured and so i ended up being the only one that finished <laughs> there there is some truth to that yeah. although i had a i had an occurrence this year where i went to and i ran the i ran the steeplechase and i, I won the steeplechase and then i ran the 1500 meters well I, i'm in the 55 to 59 age group mm-hmm. okay that's a tough age group, you know. In the fifty to fifty-four age group, the guy that finished twelfth, I think, in our race would have finished third in the fifty to fifty-four age group. That doesn't make any sense. No, I know what you're <laughs> but, saying. I've but sometimes, it. you like you said, it's a matter of who shows up. It is, and uh, and then those those ages are tough. There's yeah. a very competitive. Yeah, they are. I think you get above seventy-five, and it starts and it, slowing down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you hit the eighty, and you know. It gets tough. It gets a lot tougher. The older you get, the tougher it gets. I, I, I admire you for just getting out there and doing it. So, um, so we have people who they struggle with this, the mental side yeah. of just getting out there and doing it every day. Yeah. And you mentioned how much you just enjoy doing it. So, how do you orient your brain to a point where you want to get out there and do the the exercise, even when it's hot outside or you know whatever yeah. the circumstances are that makes it hard to overcome yeah i think for me um it's been a couple of things one thing is for probably the last 15 years every day i write down in my little calendar what i did that day physically uh and sometimes i'll put a big zero in there i just don't want to put a bunch of zeros you know i don't like that so this the other day i didn't feel that good uh, um I don't know what it was. I just, you know, didn't feel that good. And I was going over to the boxing gym to talk about this event we have coming up. And I said, well, I'll just sit on the rowing machine. We have one there and just do a little. And I ended up, you know, doing 2,500 meters. Because if I start a little bit and, and, if, and knowing that I want to write something down helps me. Yeah. It just helps me yeah. to... And then signing up for events. You know, I'm signed up for the Huntsman. I, I leave um, next month. And that's in utah it's there'll be twelve thousand competitors it's the biggest masters event i think in the country it's huge it's even bigger than the national senior olympics and it's in so what uh, is the huntsman it's in the saint george utah they've got huge amount of events it's really well done it's an incredible so it's uh, different events all kinds of different events uh 
And uh, last year was the first year I've ever been there. Uh, so I, I've got 22 events, you know, track and field. I got nine swimming, track and field, triathlon. So we're there a couple of weeks. And, of course, wow. and of course, my uh, mission is to talk to people about how whatever the event is, running, swimming, triathlons, whatever it is, what's it, how it's enhanced their quality of life. Yeah. What's it's meant to them. And then, of course, the biggest desire is what is your belief system what what yeah. what drives you mm -hmm. you know and we just pray that the lord will open up doors for people to give their little story of 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 how they walk with the lord what yeah. what it means because that's that's the most important thing to me with whatever years the lord provides for me yeah if I can be a tool that he can use to promote his truths in his kingdom, I, I couldn't ask for anything better. There isn't a medal, or award, a position that that I could even think of that would replace the opportunity to be a vessel. Yeah. And so that's Amen. as long as he gives us the ability, you know, my wife and I will continue to travel and, and meet people and talk about this. And we've gotten some great testimonies from some people and uh and if we don't which happens a lot then we have ours our testimony yeah. you know linked into there so that people can hear the truth of the gospel yeah and uh and that's that's our whole passion i mean that's what we live for that's awesome and that's been a process i mean god i mean i came to the lord slowly i you know i I came to the point where I knew there was, I was, uh, had a music business with Mike Nesmith of the Monkees, who's since passed away. He was a Christian scientist, and we used to race motorcycles out in Palm Springs. Uh, a guy named Skip Van Leeuwen. Let's, let's hold that. Okay. I, we're going to come back to that. I, okay. I, I want to talk about that one specifically. Okay. So let, let us take just a break, All and right, then we'll come right it. back. At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run For God station on J Radio. All right, we're back, and I, I, I paused because I this story is just fantastic. I love it. You mentioned um, kind of how you were starting down that road of, of how you, really how you came to faith. Yes. And it is a, a wonderful story because so many of us grow up and our parents basically say, here's what you believe. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have that. No. You went out and searched for it yourself. So let's yeah. go ahead and start this. Let's let's go into this story and tell them how that happened. Okay. Um, well, at the time, too, I was doing television commercials. I was running my business. I was going to bars with my friends just about. We had different places we went just about every night. We'd take off on the weekends with our boats to the Colorado River or Lake Mead and going to Vegas or whatever we were doing. So life was full, and uh, but I had realized 
through some chain of events that I'd never even thought about the spiritual side of life, but I knew it had some kind of power. One reason I knew is we had a motorcycle accident out in Palm Springs, uh, and Mike Nesmith, who was the monkey, um, the guitar player, was a Christian science, and a practitioner came up to our studio, and uh, I don't know what she did, but... I couldn't hold my head on, you know, the weight of my head on my shoulders and neck and things was painful to where I'd have to lay down and just take the weight off. Yeah. And she did whatever she did. And I, I all of a sudden didn't have the pain. And so I said, wow, that's powerful. Yeah. So I used to go to a Christian science reading room, they call them, and read Mary Baker Eddy's Science and Health and Key to the Scriptures. Wow. Which also uh, talked about certain you know, Bible verses. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, millions of people can't be wrong, you know, so there must be some kernel of truth in everything. And it's a, and my job is to find that kernel of truth so that I can apply it to get what I want out of life. That was kind of my, yeah. <laughs> you know, why not? Selfish you know? reasons. Really. Selfish, total yeah. selfish. Yeah. Uh, egotistical and everything else. So I read the Book of Mormon, The Pearl of Great Price. And Koran and chanted Yam Yaho Ringakio with a group of actors, you know, periodically in this candlelit thing. Elrond's Hubbard Scientology, the Buddhists. So it just just started uh, down a trail that took me uh, a lot of time, quite a few years of studying that stuff, trying to figure out, you know, what's the kernel, what's the truth in these that I can glean. And uh, one event, I was over at my sister's, and one of her friends, I can't even remember who it was, said, you know, you ought to go over to Grace Community Church, you know, which it wasn't far away, Panorama City, and learn uh, John MacArthur was the pastor. And so I said, yeah, that I know. It, I, my feeling was it had no, no real relevance to my life, but I, it would be good to find out where the Bible fits into all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went over there and I listened to John and and was amazed by by him and and how he brought in history and and so many things into his teaching of, of biblical truths, and it just so happened that they were starting just so happened right, they were starting a Logos Bible Institute class, the first one they'd ever had there at the at the church, and I thought well you know I'll just sign up and go to that and so I can. Uh, you know get a quick introduction and my first question at the first class is why is there an old and a new you know what what's this there must be some significance to that you know I, that was my level of understanding yeah, yeah and through time i learned about spiritual warfare I had no concept that that all at first when someone when i started learning about that i thought this is la la land you know this is this is just a little too far out but through just so many events it became so obvious to me that these other things that i was pursuing were demonic you know they were yeah and i hate that you know i wish that it wasn't true i wish that everybody could get to god through their own little channel yeah but jesus christ said i'm the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father but through me you know there's no plan b it's only one way that's right and you know that's the way it is i don't make up the rules <laughs> so uh and it was it was a it was a challenge for me but uh it became so apparent and so so true uh, that that was the process that I went through, you know, to, and it's been a, it's been a lifelong quest. I mean, I've read the Bible cover to cover about 30, 
I think I'm on my 35th time. Wow. Uh, and you're always learning and, and, and uh, uh, new applications and understandings, you know, asking God to help me to, you know, really glean what he wants me out of the scriptures that I'm reading. Well, the idea that the Bible is living and breathing is, right. is a real thing. It is. Yeah. It's, and it's it's hard for somebody who's not a Christian it is to hard. understand that. Because I live that. It was hard for me, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't forget those you know times when someone talked about spiritual warfare and demonic forces and and you know uh, it's the real it's it's real it is and it's a it's sad it's almost uh, i heard one time you know there's people that are that are in the game there's people that are watching the game and there's people that don't even know the game's going on you know and if you don't even know you're in a warfare you're so susceptible to being deceived and defeated by the enemy and i think so much of i don't know uh, america but probably worldwide people just don't know they're in a spiritual warfare they there are forces that want to kill steal and destroy and so they don't have the weapons you know uh to to deal with those things you know and it's a it just saddens me and of course I used to, when I was reading the Bible, think, how stupid can these Israelites be when they see all these things and Moses brings them out of, you know, Egypt and parts the sea and does all these incredible things. How can they be so crazy to start being Baal worshipers and Asheroth poles and all How can they be that dumb? And then I look at America. Yeah. And it's only been a couple of hundred years. Yeah. And the foundation upon which we have been based is being denied and what we have done in this country is it just saddens me but one of the beautiful things about the christian life that i really didn't even fully comprehend is that you can have a peace that surpasses understanding no matter what the circumstances so i don't like what's happening to our country but i know god's sovereign i know I know the end, you know, he tells us the end in the book of revelation. So it's going to come to an end. Yeah. So, and he's gonna, it's going to go the way he has predetermined it. So I can rest in that, even though I don't like what I see Yeah. and experience. He's definitely not surprised by any of it. (laughs) No. And, uh, yeah, I am. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And you mentioned Israelites and the truth is, is that for all of us individually, yeah, we all have had those moments. Christians, all Christians Absolutely. have had that moment where you know God was just so real, yeah. and so and and did such an amazing thing in your life, right? And then tomorrow, doubts come. We in. doubts, and we just forget yeah. about that thing that happened yesterday, just I, like the Israelites. That's did. me too. So, uh, I yeah. walk that walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was just telling my wife the other day. I said uh, I, I I've looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah, and mm-hmm. I thought, how in the world? could a society get like that yeah. and then you look around and you're like oh my gosh oh, i can see how it would get like that yeah right so it, it sure can yeah it's it's really scary the it the is. direction that we're headed in but you you make a good point and that is that um two things i think first of all uh we need to realize he is in control right no, no matter what else is going on right uh 
but also we have a job to do, right? Exactly. And that's part of what you guys are doing with these yeah. videos. You're going around the around the country, right? And you're you're videoing people and giving their testimonies and, and, and right. various things. And the idea is to share that with people who need to hear it, right? Exactly. And we've uh, we had a lady in the in the uh, Sarasota, Florida, in the Masters World Rowing. And she was uh, the coxman for this uh, for this group of rowers, and and she came in kind of at the end, and uh, because we asked them about their spiritual direction, and they said, well, we better bring her in, and and she kind of gave a little testimony of how the Lord is really you know paramount in her life, and she'd never done that before, and she'd been contacting us now for for a number of weeks about how that just changed her whole outlook about you know her faith and. And speaking out for the Lord, and you know, so we we have some really uh, uh, just encouraging uh, people that we run into in these places, and we just, I mean, I just want others to know the truth to set them free. I mean, it, it's we live in such a turbulent time with yeah. so many so many things that create the frustrations and anxiety and difficulties and. And if and if they could just hone in on the truth that sets people free and understand Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and the Bible is a living, like you said, a document that that they can that can guide and direct their paths, yeah. you know. And and they're not going to get away from frustrations. They're not going to get. I we just buried one of my nephews, a thirty three year old kid out of New York, killed in a motorcycle accident, mm. who was a. Um, uh, physician's assistant you know just a great little kid um my son's best friend and um you know he said god why why on earth is that little you know a good christian boy you know why yeah. on earth did he have to be taken at such a young age you know he was planning his marriage and stuff i don't know i don't know the answer i know that i trust the god the sovereign god of the universe this life is fleeting short mm-hmm. you know i'm amazed i'm as healthy as i am you know at my yeah. my age uh but we can have peace and contentment no matter what the circumstances not that we aren't going to be impacted by life's traumas and vicissitudes i guess they call them but we can have victory over that and there's no other way except through christ and the holy spirit I mean, there isn't any other answer. There's no plan B. Yeah. So I, we just want more and more people to know that. Right, you know? right. Well, God bless what you're doing. And if, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you happened on this podcast and you're, you just happen to be here just because you wanted to hear a story, uh, you can go to runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. There are four videos there that you can go through those videos and they will very clearly – talk exactly about what john is talking about here and how you can have that peace Mm. and so uh, i would encourage anybody out here that that has any doubts whatsoever to go to the run for god page go to peace with god and 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 our steps to peace and and and, um get an understanding of what that's all about because nothing's more important in the whole world i mean there's nothing that's more important than your relationship with jesus christ that's right just right you know we just Ah, we just get passionate about wanting people to know it. We want them to be free. We want them to be set free. And that's where the world 
the world is telling them they're that freedom looks different. Oh, absolutely. Than what real freedom is. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that's unfortunate. It and is it's something that we have to con- consistently strive against. That's absolutely. Part, that's part of the the toil that we have in this world. It and, is. Um, the, but you know what? There's blessings on the other end of that. And you just you just talked about a lady whose life has changed. Mm-hmm. And now the fact that her life has changed because of what you guys are doing has just really buttressed your faith as well. Right. right? It does. Yeah, so, absolutely. So uh, so it's, it's all so important that we do continue to, yes. to work against those those evil thoughts. Well, meeting you uh, and having this opportunity is also, uh, you know, increases and gives me more encouragement, you know, the whole thing of what you're doing, running for God. And it's just fantastic. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a bunch of folks out there listening, I'm sure who are, um, you know, I, I, I call myself the old guy and (laughs) next to you, I'm a young guy. You're a young guy. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so I hope we, I hope we encourage some folks out there who maybe, you know, maybe you're out there and you, you've gotten kind of up in age and you, you're concerned. You don't have to quit living life. No, God's still got a plan for you. Absolutely. For sure. So, all right. So a few other things that, um, that I want to clean up here, um, You've won over 400 medals, I think I read, um, in in various events through the Senior Olympics. <laughs> that number is staggering. Yeah, I when I and I, I the Lord has been gracious. I've been going to uh, the West Side Housing Project in Chattanooga, Tennessee, every week. Not as much now that I'm as uh, I spend so much time in Florida, but I take those medals and give them to the kids. You Do know, you really? Yeah. That's awesome. And the you know little kids like little medals, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been a pleasure to put on the back of it. Uh, God is. Uh, uh, what did I put on the back? <laughs> uh, it. God bless you. I think I put on there yeah. and then just write my name. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And you're in the Tennessee Hall of Fame, Sports Hall yeah. of Fame, I guess. Yeah, I'm and, in the uh, Chattanooga, uh, and I'm in the Tennessee Senior Olympics that's, Hall of Fame. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and, and so you mentioned all these all these other sports, but with all of that, on your 80th birthday, which was back in was it March. 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 Yeah. In March, you turned 80, and you decided you were going to do something just a little non-traditional <laughs> right. for your birthday. So explain to us what you did on your birthday. <laughs> yeah, that was – I actually was talking to Bob LaBelle over at uh, Come On, Let's Go, and I wanted to create a fundraiser, and I'm a stouch believer in testimonies. I love testimonies Amen. and listen to people – their life stories and how they came to Christ and what it's meant to them and the struggles they've had to endure. So um, on my 80th birthday, I wanted to, we set up a little you know, GoFundMe page for Come On, Let's Go. And uh, and they've, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Bob said they had like 4 million hits in that, you know, yeah. a lot of people that are considering suicide and that kind of thing. You know, it's been a, a blessing for people to be able to, just be encouraged and be uh, and 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 be changed by what they hear other people you know stories so that was uh and the idea was well let's just try and do as many events on that day as i can so 
Uh, actually, I was going to row an 8K, but the water on the river was so high that I ended up doing it on the erg indoors instead of on the water. But I was yeah. going to do it on the water. And then uh, I did a bike of 80. And so I went to – and I broke these up into into four different times, uh, you know, up to the dam and back from uh, from the rowing club here in Chattanooga. Yeah. So and then I ran an 8K. I swam 800 meters. Uh, I did 800 uh, sit-ups, 80 push-ups, and then went over to the boxing gym and did eight rounds of sparring with uh, <laughs> my real good friend Dale Dagnan, who uh, who trains all, a lot of the guns and hoses uh, that comes up here in Chattanooga every year. Yeah. So uh, and he's been he's my main sparring partner for almost all my belts. You know so. So that it was just a it took 13 a little over 13 hours and uh it was a long day yeah had a few cramps that night <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> but the whole thing was just to uh, you know raise awareness and money for come on let's for go come on let's go that's uh yeah. that's awesome and what a great way to spend your 80th birthday yeah, too yeah boy god bless you for uh for continuing to do those things because you know a lot of people as they get older and things get harder, and I'm sure for you, just as they have for me, it's gotten harder you know, to get out and do that stuff. But if you'll just keep putting one foot in front of the other, yeah. you can keep doing it. Right? right. Just trust the Lord and do as best you can. Like I said, I jumped six foot one in the military. Now I can't even do four feet. You know, yeah. I tried it. So you just have to adjust. I could run. I ran a 5K in 1524 uh, back when I was 40. You know, before I wow. went to the Ironman Hawaii, and now I mean, you know, maybe thirty minutes, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you just do it. You just keep. You keep. You know, uh, do the best you can with you know what your situation is, and you yeah. know, there, you're never too old to start something. You know, to do. And and, and by the way, I, I I think I mentioned. We've done quite a few rowing uh, shows, and we did Oak Ridge Masters rowing, and it surprised me. I met two of the rowers never started rowing till they were in their seventies, which awesome. totally surprised me because I thought I was really old in my fifties to start. <laughs> yeah, and they hadn't started till their seventies. So, you know, there are events and things that even if it's just walking, you know, if assuming you're able you know we've got a number of run club folks who have started we've had we've had 80 year olds who have yeah. started running or walking when they're 80 yeah and so uh yeah it's you're right it's never too late and yeah. i know let me I, I mean here's another question for you i know you you uh you gave this to us um it's it's called consider the odds and i love it because yeah. i like i like facts figures i like I like logic. Yeah. I'm a, a big, big on the logical stuff. And that's what this is. Yeah. This is a little booklet that says, this is why God exists. This is uh -huh. how we know that yes. God exists because the odds of him not existing are way greater than exactly. the odds of him existing. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and it's, it's just awesome. And so you find time to do all these things, right? <laughs> and we've talked about a whole bunch of stuff here. And we have a lot of folks, I get messages all the time from, from run club folks that said, I, I haven't run in two weeks because I couldn't, I, I didn't have the time. Yeah. And the truth is, and I, I tell people this all the time, that presidents of the United States have found time to run. Mm -hmm. And so we all have the time. Yeah. It's just a matter of prioritizing, prioritizing <laughs> and, and doing it. And so 
how, with such a busy life that you've had over all these years, how, do you have tricks, tips for folks on how to find time to get it in? Well, you know, uh, interesting question. You know, I'm 80, as you said, <laughs> and these are the best years of my life. I've never had better years. My wife and I talk about it quite often. I mean, our kids, we've gone through the education, we've gone through the business scenario, we've pursued the things that we thought, you know, were important to us. Uh, we've had our children, our families have grown, they're doing well. Um, and you, you're not under the pressure of, of getting to the job or figuring out what to do with, you know, with the kids and their events and stuff. It's just a beautiful time. So I actually have more time now as I don't am not pressured uh, to get something accomplished to, uh, you know, am I going to go down and row today or do I want to get on my bike and bike or maybe I'll wait and run or I'll go to the Y and swim. You know, I just contemplate, well, I think today I'll just go over to Y and swim. You know, yeah. it's like uh, there's no pressure. There's no, well, I only got an hour and a half, you know. The, uh, what am I going to do? So these years, and I hope everyone that's listening can enjoy these years, yeah, you know, get sure. to these years. Because they're, to me, they've been the best years of my life. Yeah. And uh, and however many the Lord gives me, I I don't know. I know it's it's going to be better on the other side. So, Amen. So uh, Amen. whatever I, I like, I said earlier. I mean, if I can somehow be a vessel for His truths and His kingdom, I I can't think of anything more important or better that I would want to do. And all the things that I used to strive for. I mean, I wanted to be a billionaire, and I wanted to be you know win an oscar for best actor and you know one of all these different things that i you know set out as a young kid you know mean nothing to me you know i mean which i'm glad about amen uh i only want to serve him i what else matters really amen. what what else matters and so uh he's given me a ministry and given me the ability and a wife who, who wants to do the same thing and i i couldn't be more blessed that's awesome. That's an awesome testimony. So let me ask you a question because this is interesting to me personally because two years ago I, I changed my diet mm -hmm. to a plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. what, what does your diet look like? You know, I've thought about those things and never have <laughs> – uh, just never have uh, adjusted to just – you know, we just eat whatever we feel like. You know, yeah. we do a lot of salmon and we cook at home. So relatively healthy stuff. Healthy so. stuff. We yeah. try – we uh, – there's a couple of Italian restaurants near us, and we get the chicken marsala, and, yeah. or you know, we we get veggie burgers at at BurgerFi or whatever, and yeah. you know, so we just it's not. And I sometimes make you know uh, protein shakes, but yeah. I've never it's never been anything that I've uh, been really adamant about yeah you know at this point i mean i've thought that it'd probably be a good idea just <laughs> and what you're doing is probably is a good idea but i just you know it's not been part of my life yet maybe it will be well it turned out to be the best thing for me but I, yeah. I'm, I'm a i'm a big believer that you you know ever it what's good for everybody is different yeah and so you you seem to be doing pretty well <laughs> yeah you with know, what you're doing it's so. crazy how the body i mean uh 
one guy can be bit by a bee and die and you and i can you know brush it off you yeah. know what's going on chemically that would that would cause something like that so the bodies are just different yeah and we react different i mean alcohol and some people just tears them one into the other another person can have have a few drinks, laugh, laugh, and, and go home. Another person becomes a maniac. You know, you yeah, just you're right. You just have to learn, like you say, you have to learn what's right for you. I think. Yeah, yeah. Trust the Lord and reveal it to you. Amen, amen. Well, do you have any? Well, let me let, let me do this. Let me. We have we always leave everybody with a motivational thought of the week. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you one more question after that. So our motivational thought of the week this week is: you can't help getting older. But you don't have to get old. That's great, George Burns. Said I really that. like. I and, like that. Yeah. And I and I, I'm a big believer in that. My wife and I all the time. We're all the time talking and looking around at grandkids and stuff mm-hmm. and going, "It's really weird how everybody else gets older, but we don't." <laughs> uh, yeah. and, I, and I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, uh, I am too. Yeah. So, so tell me, um, is is there a website that people can go to? What is that? Yes, there. Uh, we were. I, I did a lot of film work for a lady out of Atlanta, a Sue Ann Taylor, who's done a lot of major documentaries around the country, and she started a a site called New You N U Y U dot com. It's a network, and I and she gave me a channel on that network just because we were friends, and so redefining aging became a channel. Okay. But it's a subscription thing where you have to pay. I think ten dollars a month or something so we've wanted to make our stuff free you know to people not have to subscribe so we're in the process of setting up redefiningaging.us okay so that people can come and and listen to stories it isn't done yet there's there are some shows up there but we want to have it to where people want to know about heart issues or weight issues or diabetic or something, you know, they'll be able to listen to people that have fought through some of those things. Yeah. So that's, uh, hopefully going to be, um, by the end of this year, we'll have a lot of that, you know, those kinks. It's, although it is operating today, it's, it's, we have to, you know, it's incomplete. incomplete. Yeah. And then there's my, my own John com, just my own site, uh, that has, you know, the, uh, uh, consider the odds brochure on there. People could, you know, print it off or whatever. Yeah. Um, and other things, uh, just a little bit of stuff, you know, from my own life that's up yeah. on there, spiritual things. It has my testimony on there. It's a long with 24 minute testimony of, you know, my own, how my life has unfolded. But, uh, yeah, yeah, if people want to, you know, visit any of those sites, uh, yeah. love to love to have them. And then we're going to encourage people to on the uh, redefiningaging.us people to tell us what event should we come to? You know, because I do all the events, whatever it is, I'll do my best. And then who to interview if they know an event that would be good or a person that we should, you know, tell us. Yeah. So that we can, you know, get it in a schedule and and, you know accomplish that for other people so if you got ideas out there yeah then then hit hit john up go to one of those two websites and um john we it's been such a joy uh first of all just to get to know you yeah, um, it's a pleasure I, and and uh what what a great story and uh i, I think i told you before uh I, before we went live my my girls you know i run with my my team right they get tired of hearing about me talking <laughs> telling stories and stuff but after we had lunch i i 
they know your name. I'll just put it that way. So, uh, so I appreciate, appreciate you sharing with us Thank and sharing you. with everybody on the Run for God yes. uh, web uh, podcast because um, we got a lot of folks out there who are, like I said, our our average age is older than than you might think. Okay. Um, and and so a lot of folks need to hear that as you get older, you don't you don't have to stop. Right. You might have to slow down. Yeah. And, and you might not have to be able to jump as high. <laughs> right. you but you don't have to stop. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So uh, so so everybody keep it up and uh, thanks again for being here. Thank you. And I would just say uh, you know to encourage people, you know, we have an enemy. And you'll maybe get started and say, oh, gosh, I don't, I'll maybe start reading the Bible or something and I'll pray. And you pray for this, that or the other thing that seems good to you and it doesn't happen. And you say, well, God doesn't hear my prayer. And, and this Bible, you know, it just doesn't seem to, you know, really light my fire. I'm not really understanding a lot. Those are part of the process. I mean, don't get discouraged uh, about things that happen in life, just pray that the Holy Spirit will make Himself known to you. And then, when you're whatever you go to in the Bible to read or pray, you know, just just be encouraged to continue because God will show up. Yes, He will, and, and it surprised me in how many ways He will show up. And uh, I just encourage everybody to to do that great word and we'll leave it there until next week may god bless every step of every run go out there and shine your light amen for more information about the run for god ministry go to runforgod.com if you have questions about your salvation click on the peace with god tab there's nothing more important thanks for joining us today